You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day, pod lovers, podcasters, podlings, and welcome to Behind the Podcast, the podcast that opens the studio doors and takes a peek behind the microphone to tell you, the listener, the producer, the creator, the aficionado, what's happening in the podverse. I'm Jules, and with me, as always, is Stocks. Hello. In this week's episode, a Spotify smorgasbord, the writers and actors strike hits podcasting, and loose threads. G'day and welcome back to another week of Behind the Podcast with Jules and Stocks. Stocks is pumped here in the studio. How are you feeling? Made a big weekend up at Splendor in the Grass? Yeah, man. No, uh, yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Uh, yeah, Splendor was cool. We took five podcasts up there. Did some live podcasting in the forum. Yeah. First time they've done that. Um, great success. Pretty cool. You know, I was throwing a podcast at a music festival at, say, 11.30 in the morning. It's like, eh, is this going to work? It was fantastic. Any production challenges or anything like this? No, no, they're pros up there. Yeah. Um, we did film a live episode of the podcast we do, The Show Off, which is a pop culture podcast, which is a partnership between Batuta and Pedestrian. Uh-huh. So that's actually a video podcast as well, and that goes on to uh, the Nine Now app, so you can watch that on your TVs at home, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. Seamless integration stocks. Yes. So we had to film that, so that was our cameras. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. That went up on Sunday. Great to have a live crowd. People... Beers in hand, loving it at yeah. 11.30 in the morning. And the guys hosting could feel the energy of the crowd kind of coming through and boosting yeah. the performance. Great energy, really leaned into it, had a lot of fun. Yeah, awesome. and we'll do it again, definitely. Terrific. Look, we had a, uh, a bit of a slower week last week in the news, and certainly from this podcast standards, not that much to talk about from Spotify. However, we're back this week with a big long run sheet and certainly dominated by a bit of green on this one. We are back. <laughs> So big news from Spotify this week. They had all of the earnings uh, calls. The gross profit margin has dipped in the second quarter, but podcast ad revenue sees gains. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, the general outlook for Spotify is going backwards, but podcasts on the way up. So very exciting news for anyone in the podcasting space. And and certainly, you know, Spotify went in big on, on podcasting and maybe their strategies were a bit off, but the potential for earnings there is certainly evident through these reports. Oh, in the post-earnings call, which accompanied this report, Spotify CEO Daniel Ek and CFO Paul Vogel um, had some interesting things to say. One of them was that the podcast revenue, ad revenue for Spotify has increased by 627% in quarter two. That is a ridiculously large figure. Yes, yeah, So that's just ad rev. That's nothing to do with um, – that's just a one-way thing. Mm-hmm. That's money coming in. That's nothing to do with maybe costs, et cetera, et cetera. But that's a phenomenal figure. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, that's a big part to do with all their programmatic ad formats and, and the way that they're inserting all of those into the podcast that you listen to. I mean, they're getting their subscription money and that's largely – something that people who listen to music are the beneficiaries of. If you pay, you don't have to listen to ads. You will find if you do have those subscriptions, you still have to listen to ads when you're, when you're listening to podcasting. And, you know, we want to see these creators get paid. So I think it's it's something that we're not too fussed about, really. Anecdotally, have you noticed on any of the podcasts you listen to the ads number of ads being higher? Yeah, I yeah. think for sure. And certainly like up top, you know, you used to skip through maybe one or two and it's like up three to or three or four, or four sometimes. now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, coming back from Thailand, I think I flagged it last week because there's no ad sales for Spotify in Thailand. You've just got clear sales. Yeah, clear sales. <laughs> so, if you want a clear listening experience, set your VPN to Bangkok oh, there you and, go. and just listen away. So, I thought it was just coming back a few more ads, but really noticed now, it, I'm glad you've said that. Yeah. there were three or four ads in a break. It's like, what the 
fuck is this? <laughs> Like it, it's it's bordering on like it's right on the line I think. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Anymore, it'll start to really kind of feel like you're listening to you know old yeah. commercial radio. Well, so like if I listen to a podcast to go to bed, what I do is I I have a phone way over the other side of the room, nowhere yep. near me, and I put it on and I set the timer to shut it off, the sleep timer to shut off, say forty five minutes. Forty five. God, I've yeah. used to start with thirty. Yeah. I'm now down to ten because I realised I was probably awake for about three minutes of the episode, and if I go to thirty, I'm just too far in. Ah, the second kid it. just kicking in. Yep, that's yeah. exactly right. <laughs> I'm very jealous. So that's that's what I do, and now I'm just copying ads, sitting in bed, trying to sort yeah. of, you know focus on my nasal breathing or whatever it is. <laughs> and it's like another ad for Squarespace. Come or on, Mailchimp or yeah. yeah. So it's definitely not uh, improving the listener experience. I would like to see some sort of premium level where you could pay for no ads. Well, yeah, okay. So we're going to pay for that on top of the existing subscriptions that we already pay for. I'm considering, and this is this will lead into the next point. Yeah. Spotify is increasing their individual subscriptions, basically a dollar a month. Uh-huh. Um, for the individuals, and the premiums going up two dollars a month, and the families going up uh, six dollars a month. Yeah. So like they're putting some jumps up. But at a certain point, I mean, TikTok music's coming. Yeah. And I'm willing to give that a go if Spotify keeps pissing me off in terms of what's going on here. Because, look, I'm using Spotify to listen to podcasts, and that's free. Yeah. You give me a, a tier where I pay five bucks and I don't get any ads, let's go. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sort of starting to lean towards if something can give me that, I'm going to go there. Although I do like to listen to ads for work and mm-hmm. to see who's advertising, and see, see who's the target. But you know what? Cam can do that. Yeah. You know, he's a well-paid guy. Um, he's a head of podcasts and commercialization. Yep. You know, he can do that. But I would actually go for that and look at taking my music somewhere else. Yeah. Well, I mean, my listening habits are predominantly podcasting these days. I mean, I don't listen to music anywhere near as much as I used to. And certainly the songs that are being played, you know, on high rotation in my house now are from Sing or Sing 2. Um, an occasional little baby shark in there as well. So, you know, this the subscription Julia. element of it has dropped off. The, the value that I'm getting in return, certainly at this latest at this latest uh, price increase, I haven't seen anything new necessarily on the platform that warrants you know a rise in yeah. cost. And certainly, there's been an uh, an uptick of the amount of, of advertising that's happening on the podcasting. So, you know, you got to start to wonder what's you know is it worth what I'm paying? <sighs> a moment of silence yeah. for the demise of the playlist king. Absolutely, you are the playlist king. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Look, I don't have any playlists either. I've got my liked list of things of just oh, I hear that song, like it. That's uh-huh. on my liked list. That's all I got. Yeah. That's yep. all I've got. So, yeah, there is this thing where I'm going at a certain point, I might just go elsewhere. Yeah, well, watch this space. I mean, look, there's a whole lot of talking around uh, Australia about the, the cost of living, the Cosy Livy crisis. Um, you know, there's Mortgage cliff coming in September, totally, brother. Totally, yeah. The first one's already arrived. So I think, you know, we will see people having to start making some tough decisions. And certainly if you get a little email, uh, you know, seemingly out of nowhere in your inbox saying that the price of Spotify has gone up, you know, maybe that's the catalyst for, for dropping something off and an easy one that you can write off the spreadsheet. Mm. Now back to this earnings call. Um, some interestingly ambiguous quotes mm-hmm. from Eck yep. and Vogel. <laughs> One, now we have a lot more data and not surprisingly what we are finding is that some of these shows work really well and some don't work well. Mm. Take that for data. Yeah, I like that. Like, um, great. That's very insightful. And some are good, but we probably overpaid. Yeah, look, definitely. Yeah. Um, we're retaining some deals, doubling down on others and stepping out of other relationships that didn't work out. So look, inside of Goss, I know that they've 
more than doubled down, probably tripled down on Inspired Unemployed, which is really their flagship podcast. Here in uh, Australia. Yeah, here in Australia. Anecdotally, I've heard half their podcast revenue comes from that podcast. That, single-handedly, that's amazing. Yeah, um, they've cut a bunch of other shows that just have just not been picked up. The exclusive program's going, so you'll see shows like Happy Hour disappear off there. A lot of shows, I think there'll just be sort of Tony and Ryan, Inspired Unemployed, and they've gone all in on a couple shows, yeah. and that means all these other shows that are sort of sitting around the side valet yeah okay so that lines up with what x saying and he's also also saying podcasting is aging down citing the growth of video podcasts and internet native creators um and social media instagram youtube etc uploading more long-form content on spotify with great success yeah i think it's interesting when you think about if you are a content creator how do you get the most out of the content that you are indeed creating so you know in general content world you call this like the hub and spoke model so you create one little uh, piece of content or big piece of content and then have ways for that to be you know franchised and go across all different uh, platforms or, or you know spaces across like a website or whatever so if you create the one long form podcast and you're videoing that then you can create the cut down bits that are good for YouTube or purpose built for whatever platform you want to put them onto so I think all of these people who are growing up in the digital age are very, you know, aware of how to get the most out of what they're doing and certainly they want to work smarter, not harder. So, yeah, it looks like they're using all the tools at their disposal to have this success. Now, counterpoint to all this amazing growth, uh, hockey stick growth, shall yep. we say. Variety's written an article, it's Spotify podcast's high growth era is probably over. Now, this cites data from a recent Edson research uh, share of ear report that shows that the percentage of US Spotify listening spent on podcasts seems to have stagnated, dipping slightly from 21.6% to 20.2% from quarter one twenty two to quarter one twenty three. Mm. So that's over a year. Mm-hmm. So what it's saying is basically if you're on Spotify – it used to be 21.6% of the time you're listening to podcasts versus the rest of the time listening to music or audiobooks, and now that's come down. I mean, that's not the greatest news, and that goes against, I guess, this high growth, high growth, high growth mm-hmm. thing they're talking about and this youth audience, etc. Okay, this is despite the fact that based on the first week's streams for newly released series, Spotify original podcasts made up four of the five most anticipated new releases in 2022. But evidently, these shows didn't sustain these heightened levels of interest over the course of a year. Now, there's something we've been talking about within our team and within some of the shows that come into our studio. It's called it the Spotify Bounce, yeah. new show bounce. It seems that these new shows get this huge bounce um, and then just fall away. And there's two parts to it, I think. There's a, a actual Spotify-produced shows. Yeah. And they get a bounce. And why are they they getting a bounce? Because they're getting all the promotion within app. You might get a a pop-up screen. It gets featured in editorial. It gets recommended to you, getting all this stuff. So you give it a go. Yeah. But if the show is not good or it's not to your liking, then you're not coming back. So they do get in there early with that bounce. You'll see a new show get in there. But there is also this other thing when you move platform to platform. So let's say you're hosting platforms. So you're hosted on – we host on Omni. But let's say you're hosted on something like Megaphone or – uh, what's another thing? Anchor or one of these other platforms mm. out there, and you move platforms across. You get this Spotify ingests all your podcasts because it wants to have them available on the server, downloads them all so that you can access them quickly. So it's better, what do you call it? Latency? Yep, yep. Yeah. Reduce latency. Yeah, reduce latency. Um, you also get this massive spike the first week you move a podcast across to a new platform on Spotify. So you'll get probably five, 6,000 extra listens. Yeah, okay. Just because you've moved your podcast across. But then the third thing here is 
you see new shows on the Spotify charts, and the Spotify charts are supposed to be real time. Yeah. The Apple ones are supposed to have acceleration factored into them as well, and how long people listen to it. So there's other things in there. So there is a bit of latency on those charts from Apple. Correct. By design. Yeah. yeah. So if you got a new show and it's getting a hundred listens, and then suddenly next week it's getting a thousand listens, that's considered acceleration, and mm. your podcast gets moves up, flies up the charts. So you'll see something, you go, that's only getting a thousand listens. How come that's number two? podcast well you see that at spotify as well we've had shows i've seen oh we've got that's the number one show in sports i only did five thousand listens this week that can't be the most listened to yeah. sports podcast in australia today there's no way and then it falls back after a while yeah. so there does also seem to be some sort of acceleration metric in there as well so it's just interesting it's, again this whole uh, how do you define these podcast charts yeah they're different for each platform so you know it's very hard to find any kind of commonality throughout especially with exclusives and what have you. Yeah. I think what's interesting about this as well is, you know, as you said, they made up four of the five uh, most anticipated new releases. So these are the big kind of names that are coming in and doing these shows for Spotify. Like so Megan and Harry. Megan and, and Harry, yeah, all of those kind of ones. There's obviously a level of curiosity that the public has when these shows come out and hence the, you know, the anticipation that they've listed there. But they didn't sustain the heightened levels of interest. So... People are listening to maybe one or two. That's a big name. They want to see what it's about. That ultimately, you know, for whatever reason, maybe it's just something that feels like it's way too manufactured and it's not, you know, kind of real in any way. And it's just borrowing from other shows and packaging that up together with a with a well known head. People drop off. They lose interest and they go back to the things that they know. So, in that context, you know, a, a dip from twenty one point six percent to twenty point two percent could make sense in that you know people try things and then they drop back, but they're really set on their routines and mm. they carry on with those ones that they listen to and when something makes it into your routine then you're kind of there for life the value of that you know lifetime customer increases quite a bit you've got them they're not going anywhere it's a really interesting point i like that i think it also makes a suggestion that maybe spotify is not great at developing shows no because if you look at someone like a netflix they haven't had their house of cards they've bought their big podcast they talk they cite as their the most engaging show of young consumers being call her daddy yeah well they acquired that yeah that's the biggest Likewise, what's their biggest show joe rogan yeah there is a case to be made that they're not they haven't had their house of cards like netflix where yeah. they've done this is our original thing that's going to put us in as a premium producer stick to producing boys <laughs> no, no, no. no no but stick to what you're good at yeah um and maybe what you're good at is being a platform and not producing new shows yeah that's right and that like ties in quite nicely to our next point spotify's lost 34 million pounds in write-offs podcasting write-offs with their high profile stars which this is includes uh prince harry and Meghan markle so the write-downs are due to write-offs and contract terminations um the costs in connection with rationalizing our podcast content portfolio so it's sort of buying their way out of these deals yeah break clauses of not actually reaching performance targets um, whether that's delivering enough content or the content performing well enough we give them outs and they're getting out but that's not a cheap buyout 34 million pounds no not at all but you know what's the cost of continuing on with these sorts of relationships you know i mean they've obviously seen the diminishing returns in terms of listeners they didn't get the output that they were expecting to get from harry and megan so you know i think it was what 12 shows if that that they released and then by all accounts from everything that you hear across the rumor mill of, of the podcasting world, it was like trying to get blood from a stone to have these two commit to doing anything more. So, you know what? They probably thought, hey, let's just, as we said, write this down and then clear the, clear the books and, and off we go. We've got space for something else. And it highlights what we're talking about. The Meghan Markle podcast, everyone's going, it's the number one podcast in the world. It's better mm-hmm. than Joe Rogan. It's top. 
Stop. It's gone. Yeah. That's it's right. gone. That's it's right. It's gone, baby. Speaking of gone, I just want to take a quick lap around the block. Yes. The broken clock could be right once. <laughs> just once. So I'm going to take a victory lap here on my threats I'd take. Yeah. I mean, look, stocks, I got to tell you, when you said that, I was a little bit surprised. I thought this thing has just broken all records in terms of, of people signing up for this platform. Right, and it had an amplification platform of you know Instagram and, and Facebook, the likes of which a lot of other startup platforms have ever had. So the way that they're able to get you onto um, onto their new platform and grow your listener or your viewership or your following instantly, um, just you know, I mean, it, it went viral in every sense of the word. Now, a great high. And now quite a, a low. It's had a tremendous dip in users. Yeah, 70% gone. Just not using the platform at all. Um, who knew that sort of uh, PG Twitter was not going to work? Yeah. And I think something interesting that a lot of people found out after downloading this and signing up to it is that if you want to remove it, then you've got to get rid of your Instagram account as well. And so it's it's really? tied to this. Yeah, so it's really, really difficult to actually just take yourself off the platform. So while they, they might still have, you know, all of these users, they're just not actually using the platform at all. Fantastic. <laughs> so look, they're talking about a lot of updates and, and upgrades and things like this that are going to be coming down the pipeline. You wonder how much of an investment this thing has been. I mean, you know, they came in from a marketing point of view at the exact right time when Twitter has seemingly been uh, floundering a little bit. Um, and, you know, they thought, hey, this is our chance to strike. Facebook's been talking about doing a Twitter competitor for years. You know, they introduced a sort of news style feed within the um, Facebook platform itself quite a few years back, but they've never taken that like full on, you know, hard hit at it. And this is what they've done. And it looked like they were ready to get, you know, to completely take it over. But hey, look, it's not dead yet. They've made two phenomenally or three phenomenally successful apps in WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook. Yep. So wouldn't write it off, but. I'll bank the win right now. Uh, hey, well deserving. All right, Jules, one that's very close to your heart, the actor strike. Walk me through it. <laughs> very close to my heart indeed. So I love TV, and that's probably about as close to my heart as it gets. But, you know, all of these writers and actors who are on, uh, who make those wonderful shows that we sit and watch happen. But your solidarity, you know, your Les Mis, uh, your the revolution uh, I of the people. I wouldn't cross the picket line at all. No way. I'm not a scab. But yeah, I mean, look, every new little technological advancement that comes along, TV, you know, VHS, all of these things, DVDs, they all come with uh, questions about, you know, are, are people who create the content being financially rewarded or compensated for the new revenue that, that, that the big studios are going to be getting? Now, the streaming uh, AI portion of this or era has entered um, and the writers and, and the actors in solidarity for the writers are going on strike to you know try and get more fairly fairly compensated for the work that's being done and sold and sold on to different platforms like streaming services uh, one of the the things that's been talked about a lot is writers who would get a gig on you know any sort of series that had 24 shows they would get paid pretty well um, and then when it got syndicated, they would then get additional money because you know the studio got additional money. They get, they create the content. They get a part of that. With streaming, with the syndication, a lot of that's tied to ad revenue. It's very easy to say what's popular, how many runs it's getting. With streaming, that's kind of a closed book. With platforms like Netflix, they don't announce those figures. They pay upfront a lot higher of a premium to get the content, but then that's it. The deal's done. No, no one long sees tail. It. Yeah, no long tail. 
So a lot of the shows that are being made for these services as well, uh, you know, they're going down this limited series. It might be four to six episodes, um, and then that's that. So if you're a writer, you're sucked into this world for quite a long time to create this, but then you know that's it. So you you might have an exclusive deal. You can't work on anything else. You're not getting fairly compensated, and and you know the the premiums that that Netflix and and the like are paying. You're not really seeing the benefit of that at all. So what they're trying to do is get more pay, essentially, for the job that they're doing and the amplification that it's getting through those services, which seems entirely fair to me. Now, in that act of solidarity, the actors are also standing down. And that's got a lot more weight. Yeah, for sure. Just publicly, it gets people on side with these bigger names. Yeah, that's right, because you can have 100,000 writers there with some very witty uh, placards, but it doesn't have the same effect as like a Margot Robbie who is speaking on their behalf when the Barbie, the biggest premiere of the year, is coming out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, look, I can speak to this from personal experience. We will never get the numbers. We've been told we'll never get the numbers for our TV show with Paramount+. Plus. Mm. We'll just never get that data. Just been told anecdotes yep. of like, oh, the launch, the first episode was the second best show we had on our platform. Okay, when? Yeah, and that, what was On the- that day? <laughs> ever? Uh, for that week? For that month? What yeah. was the figure? Did 20 people watch it? Like, no data. Never yep. going to get it. So... That's that's that is the way it is now. Yeah, this is all these cards are so, held so tightly to people's chests. Totally. Um, now, what does this all have to do with podcasting? You might be wondering. That is a great question. Well, look, SAG members can appear on and host podcasts, but what they can't do is promote union-covered work on said podcasts. And if you look at something like Jennifer Lawrence, who recently just went round and did a massive run of podcasts mm-hmm. promoting her movie. That can't happen anymore. Yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a big industry in podcasting who do this. You know, they they it's the circuit basically when people want to promote new shows, movies, yep. and you've got the talk shows are gone. All the late night talk shows are gone because of the writer strike. Yeah. But now the actors can't go on podcasts to promote shows. So That's right. It's interesting. You've had the big releases. You had Barbenheimer. Now will we see a bit of fallow period? It's also midsummer US. Yeah. Um, which is peak time. But will we just see some releases get pushed back because no one can promote their films? It'll be interesting to see how this the flow and effect of this for podcasts. You know, people might be, might be scrambling for content for things that they can put up there and and, and promote and, and talk about. Interesting article on Ed Surge News uh, talking about how podcasting is changing teaching and research. So the, in this uh, study, a scholar interviewed 101 academic podcasters and argued that the genre is challenging traditional notions of who gets to be an authority. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, if you're a professor, you spend years writing a book and then it takes years or months to get it published and then read by some people. If you're lucky, a few. If, if you're really lucky, many. But now with podcasting, you can just record a podcast, distribute it broadly and... Uh, yeah, and I think... You know, there's a lot in this about sort of institutional trust and and these sorts of ideas and what people, where people are willing to get their information from. You know, a lot of the systems that are in place are, are starting to get disrupted a fair bit, and people are finding information where they want to find information, as opposed to being sent to like one central location and having it come from one point of view. Right. So the the writers of history are now changing. It's it's in the hands of of people. It's a lot more democratic. There's obviously some ups and downs to that. You know, people can put out whatever they want to and and people will latch onto something and say, okay, this proves the point that I'm trying to make. Whereas there was, there was some rigor in the sort of articles and things like that that got certainly published 
in you know science magazines or whatever mm. those kind of things you know everything has to be cited everything has to be co-signed by other academics well so the article cites that many academics have found a way to have a socratic dialogue uh-huh. with other scholars that they can post for anyone to hear a lot of educators getting behind podcasting and the teaching as well so that sounds really interesting that you're not just getting a singular point of view yeah from an academic who spent three years hoveled away in a corner just going deep dive you can actually have conversations as well yeah so it sounds like a really interesting uh wrinkle to what's going on totally and i think that you know if you are the kind of student or the person who needs you know something more like whatever you might be sitting there in a classroom just drifting off while people are just running through and and everyone's learning this offers people other ideas and other sort of ways that they can learn about a particular topic so like you could be you know doing the straight course that you're doing in in class but then go out and discover podcasts and hear voices of people who were you know directly impacted by those sorts of things or something that's you know a bit more of a kind of narrative structure or you know different ways that they're going to deliver that kind of information and, and certainly if you're someone who's like a little bit more didactic and wants to take control of their own learning, you can get a lot more out of, of podcasting than you can necessarily from just a specific syllabus that you might have in, in school or uni or whatever. Might have done better at uni with podcasting. I would definitely think so. <laughs> Couldn't have done much worse. <laughs> awesome. Well, on that bombshell, let's get out of here. Hey, so thanks for joining us this week. Thank you, Mandy. Thank you, Ruby. And please, if you've got any questions or if you just want to know more about what's going on in podcasting, give us a look on Instagram at behind underscore the underscore podcast. He did it. You. I don't think I'm taking that job from you. (laughs) 